Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Toby Mitchell, Senior Editor with Private Equity International. Diversity and inclusion are increasingly important issues as fund managers look to build workplaces that are gender balanced and multicultural. In this episode, we'll consider how GPs can support the worthy goals of diversity and inclusion in their recruitment policies. Will Moynihan is the Regional Managing Director of Hydric and Struggles EMEA Private Equity Practice. In his role, he helps clients build and enhance the boards and executive leadership teams of both private equity controlled and publicly listed companies. He also advises private equity firms on senior appointments across investment and operating roles. I sat down with Moynihan to talk about GP's drive towards diversity. Our discussion began with a consideration of why GPs are increasingly looking to make their workplaces more inclusive and diverse. I think that there are three principal observations that we would have, and these are sort of three principal themes in our discussions with GPs. The first of which would be that there is now a definite sense of, of obligation on GPs to bring diversity into the entry levels to their organisations. There is certainly the expectation from LPs that GPs should be doing everything that they can to ensure diversity and inclusion at the entry points to their organisation, recognising that most of those entry points are at relatively junior levels, sometimes uh, mid-career, which we'll come on to. The second observation would be that there is acceptance that the pipeline for mid to senior appointments at GP level is not diverse. And that is just the fault of history. As we know, I think the approximate statistic is that only 7% uh, of mid to senior level investment professionals in private equity are female. And so there is, for the time being, an acceptance that that pipeline is difficult and some acceptance that although every attempt should be made to recruit a diverse candidate at a mid to senior level, it is proving to be very difficult. I think the third observation would be, um, and this sort of comes in two parts, firstly, we've got to recognise that quite a few of the GPs are now public companies, and there are expectations that institutional investors into public equity have of the companies in which they invest. And why should uh, it be different for a publicly listed private equity firm in terms of diversity within their organisation compared to a more traditional corporate that may have been listed for a long period of time? I think the other consideration is that we've got to recognise that the money that may come through the alternatives team at an LP into a GP is ultimately all coming from the same pool of capital. And if that institution has got uh, quite firm views, which many of them, I'd say most of them have, around the need for diversity in companies in which they invest through public equity, their expectations are going to be the same and increasingly the same for, for private equity. That certainly extends to portfolio companies. Why would it be that the board of and I'm not trying to single out a public company, but let's say Unilever for the sake of, of, of discussion, uh, why would it be that there should be a different expectation for the board of Unilever that an institution is investing in compared to the board of a large private equity buyout? Um, why should there be an acceptance that that board can be less diverse than the Unilever board? I wouldn't say that this is a very loud voice at the moment, uh, but certainly in terms of our dialogue with the leadership of GPs, this is becoming more and more prevalent, and I think it's being raised more and more by LPs. An increasingly difficult issue for GPs is an unbalanced talent pool for mid to senior level recruits, with recruitment searches sometimes providing shortlists dominated by male candidates. One potential solution is for firms to look outside of their traditional talent pools. What we encourage GPs to consider are three things. The first of which is that if you are recruiting in at a mid-career level, if you're recruiting in at the MBA level, as some of them do, which we as a firm do not get involved in, that should be an opportunity to consider 
candidates from a broader range of elite environments. I mean, let's be clear about that. It does need to be individuals that have experience of working at the most senior level in whichever blue chip environment it may be. But could that be individuals coming across from the legal profession? Um, could that be individuals coming across from the accounting and audit profession? Could that be individuals that are coming out of the M&A departments of large, sophisticated, you know, publicly quoted groups. So that is part of the dialogue. I think there's also an opportunity potentially with the operating ranks of a GP. If they can recruit into those ranks diverse candidates from corporate backgrounds or consulting backgrounds, and that can improve the diversity of the GP overall. And potentially you can have some of those operators migrating across to hybrid roles where they have part responsibility for investing and potentially further down the line are out and out investors focused on deals. I think that the third environment is that when a private equity firm has a great experience of working with the management team in a portfolio company and when that exits, if it is the case that there may be members of that management team who are diverse who elect to step out of that company or are maybe not needed if it's been bought by a large corporate, why could it not be that some of that talent, that diverse talent, might not be considered for the GP? Again, maybe coming into the operations team to begin with, but at the end of the day, just promoting uh, the diversity within the GP itself. Those would be the environments that should be perhaps given more airtime rather than purely focusing upon individuals that have a minimum of 10 or 15 years of private equity experience. But diversifying the talent pool will not, by itself, ensure that GPs become more diverse and inclusive. So firms are starting to consider their internal cultures to promote inclusiveness. Culture plays a significant role in terms of retaining a large and diverse workforce, and when Hydricon struggles to develop shortlists for their clients, they employ an almost holistic approach to find candidates that suit the environment. We have not gone as far as seeking to pry into the working practices of the GPs that we advise. At this stage, we think that that would be perhaps slightly overstepping the mark. That said, however, when we are in a position to help a client to consider a candidate, and I'm talking predominantly here about female candidates, if they are working mothers, something that we interrogate before we even pick up the phone to anybody in our initial briefing with the client is to understand a little more about the structures, the policies, the procedures, the environment around that particular topic. And that certainly becomes a very important part of the dialogue that we curate to a degree, but it has to be something that the candidate really feels and senses within the organisation. Therefore, it is clearly of a great benefit um, when there are senior female partners or senior female colleagues within the GP that can share their experience and can give the confidence to candidates that are being considered that actually they can enjoy and their family life just as much as they can enjoy their professional life. I, I was at a reception yesterday evening for somebody who's retiring from, from one of the largest GPs and there were a couple of, of senior, very respected female uh, partners of that GP that were there and I know that when recruiting they play a pivotal role at a broad range of levels within the organisation in helping to attract diverse and predominantly female talent to the business. Much of the discussion about diversity in private equity focuses on gender. While some initial efforts are being made to improve ethnic and sexual orientation diversity at fund firms, many of Hydric and Struggles clients see gender parity as being a more achievable target. It is still predominantly around gender. Obviously, there is a desire to extend that to the full range uh, of diversity across ethnicity, sexuality. But the most tangible metric and arguably that in the context of the London private equity market for sure, the one that should be easiest to achieve in the short to medium term will be around gender.
I should just, just qualify my comments by indicating that the level that we operate at being at the mid to senior level within GPs, that is to a degree covered by some of my commentary around a recognition that the pipeline is very thin. Things should be done about you know feeding that pipeline, but there is that acceptance to a degree of the lack of diversity. Private equity can also be seen as an elitist environment as well as one dominated by straight white men. Is socio-economic diversity an issue too? I don't want to get into semantics, but private equity is an elitist environment, elitist in the context of intellectual capability. Therefore, I think private equity firms are, I think, pretty agnostic as to the social background of an individual. It is really their intellectual capability, it is their academic achievements, and it is typically their early working environment uh, and what they've been able to prove in that environment that will enable them to make a career in private equity. So I think actually to that point, it is genuinely meritocratic. You have to get over certain hurdles and it's a different discussion as to whether individuals from different social backgrounds are capable of, of getting into the stream to get over those hurdles. I don't think that's something you could put at private equity's door. Regardless, it is clear that private equity recruitment is trending in the direction of increasing diversity, in particular gender diversity. It's in that capacity that consultancies can help their clients by drawing up shortlists that promote inclusiveness and better represent the demographics of modern society. We are not in a position to disclose what are clearly confidential discussions between us and our clients, but it is certainly the case that we are expected to do everything that we can to deliver long lists of candidates that are genuinely diverse. At that point, it is a discussion with the client as to how that long list comes down to a short list uh, in terms of those candidates that they will consider. We are paid for our advice and our recommendations, but it is ultimately a client's decision as to who they will meet and who they will take through process. And then it is ultimately, as you know, their decision as to who they will appoint. But it is absolutely the case that in every process, when recruiting for a GP at mid to senior levels, that diversity is an important part of the discussion. And I will be candid and admit some fallibility here um, if I think through some of the pitches that we've had for business over the last six months or so. I'm pleased to say we've won a fair few, but in one or two circumstances, we were beaten by our competitors. And the feedback that we had was that they were able to illustrate greater diversity in terms of the candidate population that they believed would be appropriate and could perhaps be interested for the appointment. So that just gives an indication as to quite how, how prevalent this is in the discussions that we have with our clients. That again was Will Moynihan from Hydric and Struggles. If you want to hear more episodes of the Spotlight podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and across PEI Media's various titles online. With Private Equity International, I'm Toby Mishnell. Thanks for listening.